0: The Bloody Audio Drama of Macbeth is a merely player's production, written by William Shakespeare, directed by Bailey Hancharik and Harrison Ostrowski, managed and produced by Hannah Maver and Lexi Alexander, sound designed by Carol Clareza. poster designed by Sophie Siegman, original narration by Joe Dietz. In Act One, Three witches were played by Sophie Siegman, Ella Larson, and Eli Wasserzug. Macbeth was played by Connor Healy. Lady Macbeth was played by Bella Granlund. Banquo was played by Owen LeChance. Malcolm was played by Juliana Torres. Ross was played by Sloan Burling. Lennox was played by Louise Ambler. Angus was played by Nikki Leopold. King Duncan was played by David shivley Ertas. The captain was played by Harmony Lindstrom, and the servant was played by Sylvie (laughs) (laughs) Wadholm.
1: When shall we three meet again, in thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the hurly-burly's done. When the battle's lost and won That will be ere the set of sun Where the place upon the heath, There to meet with Macbeth I come, Grey Malkin Petticoid Anon There is, is foul, and foul And foul is fair Hover through, through the, the fog and, and, and fill the air
2: <laughs>
0: Scotland racked with war Terrible, bloody war. Though it is so often all-encompassing, so often is war fleeting, a distraction. What is war, if not merely a simple catalyst? A method to bring about, or to stop, the process of change. And change things shall. They shall indeed. Especially for one particular Thane and General. Maybe you know the story of Macbeth, dear friend. You have never heard it truly heard it like this as the fighting of rebels rages across the highlands we find ourselves at a haggard Scottish war camp Duncan the good Scottish king observes the carnage of war with his sons Malcolm and Donaldbane in tow greeting them as the loyal Thane of Lennox when a radio transmission interrupts the melancholy atmosphere Minik! Minik!
2: Come in! Come in! What bloody man is that? He can report, as seemeth by his plight of the revolt, the newest state.
3: This is the sergeant who, like a good and hardy soldier, fought against my captivity. Hail, brave friend! Say to the king the knowledge of the broil as thou didst leave it.
4: will De- it stood, as two spent swears that do cling together and choke their art. The merciless, MacDonald, worthy to be a rebel, for to that the multiplying villainies of nature to swarm upon him, from, From the western isles of currents and glasses is supplied, and fortune on his damned coral smiling showed like a rebel's whore. But but all's too weak, Um, for brave Macbeth, well, he deserves that name, disdaining fortune with his brandish steel, which smoked with bloody execution.
2: valiant, cousin-worthy gentleman. our captains, Macbeth and Banquo.
4: Yes! <coughs> as Sparrows, eagles, or the hair of the lion. If I say sooth, I must report they were as cannons or charged with double cracks. <coughs> but so they so they doubly redoubled strokes upon.
2: So well thy words become thee as thy wounds? They smack of honor both. Go, get him surgeons. Who comes here?
5: The Worthy Thane of Ross. What a haste looks through his eyes. So should he look that seems to speak things strange. God save the king.
2: Whence camest thou, Worthy Thane?
5: From Fife, great king, where the Norwayan banners flout the sky and fan our people cold. Norway himself with terrible numbers, assisted by that most disloyal traitor, Thane of Cotter, began a dismal conflict, till that Bellona's bridegroom, lapped in proof, confronted him with self-comparisons, point against point, rebellious arm against arm, curbing his lavish spirit. And to conclude, the victory fell on us.
2: Great happiness.
5: That now Sweno, the Norway's king, craves composition. Nor would we deign him burial of his men till he dispersed it at St. Combs' inch ten thousand dollars to our general use.
2: No more that Thane of Cawdor shall deceive our bosom interest. Go, pronounce his present death, and with his former title, greet Macbeth. I'll see it done. What he hath lost, noble Macbeth hath won.
0: Far from the reaches of Scottish civilization, a dreadful thunderstorm warns of something sinister. Three figures begin to congregate. Are they man, woman, human at all?
1: <laughs> <laughs> where hast thou been sister killing swine sister where thou a sailor's wife a chestnut sinner laugh and a munched and munched and munched give me quoth I I don't thee which there on fair cries her husband's to a gone. Master of the tiger, but in a sea, I'll thither sail like a rat without a tail. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. (laughs) I'll give thee a wind, a hort. Oh, and I another. I myself have all the other, and the very ports they blow, all the quarters that they know. I the shipman's card. I'll drain him dry as hay. Sleep shall neither night nor day hang upon his penthouse lid. He shall live a man forbid. Where he serve nights nine times nine, shall he dwindle peak and bite? Though his bark cannot be lost, yet it shall be tempest tossed. Look what I have. Show me. Show me. Here I have a pilot's thumb racked as homeward he did come. Uh, come. The, the weird sisters, sisters hand in hand, in
0: hand posters, posters
1: of, of the sea and land, thus to go, go about, about, thrice to them, thine and thrice to mine, and thrice again to make, to make up nine. nine. Peace but the charms, charms wound up.
0: Entering into the witch's clearing are two figures. A bruised but resolved soldier leads the way. So foul and fair a day,
6: I have not seen. This
0: is Macbeth. Accompanying him is his compatriot, friend, and fellow commander, Banquo.
6: How far is
7: it called to force? (laughs) What are these, that so withered and so wild in their attire, that look not like the inhabitants of the earth and yet are on it? live you? Or are you aught that man may question? Y- you seem to understand me by each at once her choppy finger laying upon her skinny lips. Y- you should be women, and yet your beards forbid me to interpret that you are so, speak, if you can.
4: What
1: are you? All oh, hail Macbeth! Hail to thee maid of gloves. All hail Macbeth!
7: But sir, why do you start and seem to fear things that do sound so fair? <laughs> In the name of truth, are you fantastical, or that indeed which outwardly you show? My noble partner you greet with present grace, great prediction of noble having and of royal hope, and he seems rapt withal. To me you speak not. If you can look into the seeds of time and say which grain will grow and which will not, speak then to me, who neither beg nor fear your favours nor your hate. Hail, Hail, hail.
1: lesser than Macbeth and greater. Not so happy, yet much happier. Thou shalt
4: get kings, though thou be nine. So all hail, Macbeth and Macbeth.
6: You imperfect speakers. Tell me more. By Sinel's death, I know I am Thane of Glons, but how of Caldor? The Thane of Caldor lives a prosperous gentleman, and to be king stands not within the prospect of belief, no more than to be Caldor. Say from whence you owe this strange intelligence, or why upon this blasted heath you stop our way with such prophetic greeting. Speak, I charge you.
0: In an instant, the witches are gone, leaving Macbeth's demands unanswered. The wind dies down, and the two men are left alone, staring at nothing.
7: The earth hath bubbles as the water has, and these are them.
6: Whither are they vanished? Into the air, and what seemed corporeal melted as breath into the wind.
7: <sighs> what they had stayed. Were such things here as we do speak about? Or have we eaten on the insane route that takes the reason prisoner?
6: <laughs> Your children shall be kings. You
7: shall be king.
6: And Thane of Cawdor too, <laughs> whence it's not so.
7: To the
5: selfsame tune in words. Who's here? It is the Thanes of Ross and Angus. The king hath happily received, Macbeth, the news of thy success. And when he reads thy personal venture in the rebel's fight, his wonders and his praises do contend what should be thine or his. Silenced with that and viewing over the rest of the selfsame day, he finds thee in the stout Norwayan ranks, nothing afeard of what thyself didst make strange images of death. As thick as tail came post with post, and every one did bear thy praises in his kingdom's great defense, and poured them down before him.
3: We are sent to give thee from our royal master thanks, only to herald thee into his sight, not pay thee.
5: And for an earnest of a greater honor, he bade me from him call thee Fane of Cotter, In which addition hail, most worthy thane, for it is thine.
6: What, can the devil speak true? The thane of Cawdor lives. Why do you dress me in borrowed robes?
3: Who was the thane lives yet, but under heavy judgment bears that life which he deserves to lose. Whether he was combined with those of Norway, or did line the rebel with hidden help and vantage, or that with both he labored in his country's rack, I know not. But treason's capital, confessed and proved, have overthrown him.
6: Glamis and Thane of Cawdor, the greatest is behind. <clears throat> Thanks for your pains. Do you not hope your children shall be kings, Banquo, when those that gave the Thane of Cawdor to me promised no less to them? That trusted
7: home might yet enkindle you unto the crown, besides the Thane of Cawdor. But tis strange. and oftentimes to win us to our harm, the instruments of darkness tell us truths win us with honest trifles to betray us in deepest consequence. Cousins, a word, I pray you.
6: <sighs> Two truths are told as happy prologue to the swelling act of the Imperial theme. I thank you, gentlemen. This supernatural soliciting cannot be ill, cannot be good. If ill, why hath it given me earnest of success, commencing in a truth? I am Thane of Cawdor. If good, Why do I yield to that suggestion whose horrid image doth unfix my hair and make my seated heart knock at my ribs against the use of nature? Present fears are less than horrible imaginings. My thought, whose murder yet is but fantastical, shakes so my single state of man that function is smothered in surmise and nothing is but what is not. If chance will have me king, why, chance may crown me without my stir. (sighs) Come what come may, time and the hour runs through the roughest day.
7: Look how our partners wrapped. New honors come upon him like our strange garments, cleave not to their mold, but with the aid of use. Uh, worthy Macbeth, we stay upon your leisure.
6: Uh, <clears throat> give me your favor. My dull brain was wrought with things forgotten. Kind gentlemen, your pains are registered where every day I turn the leaf to read them. Let us toward the king. Think upon what hath chanced, and at more time, the interim having waited, let us speak our free hearts each to other. Very gladly. Till then, enough. Come, friends. A flourish
0: of trumpets. We return once again to the place of the king and his sons, as Duncan checks in on the recent proceedings.
2: Is execution done on Cador? Are not those in commission yet returned?
3: My liege, they are not yet come back,
1: but I have spoke with one that saw him die, who did report that very frankly he confessed his treasons, implored your highness's pardon, and set forth a deep repentance.
3: Nothing in his life became him like believing it. He died as one that had been studied in his death to throw away the dearest thing he owed as to a careless trifle.
2: There's no art to find the mind's construction in the face, he was a
0: gentleman on whom I built in absolute trust. Thanes Victorious, Macbeth, Banquo, Ross, and Angus return to greet their lord. O oh, worthiest cousin!
2: The sin of my ingratitude even now was heavy on me. Thou art so far before that swiftest wing of recompenses slow to overtake thee. Would thou hadst less deserved that the proportion, both of thanks and payment, might have been mine. Only I have left to say. More is thy due than more than all can pay.
6: The service and the loyalty I owe in doing it pays itself. Your highness's part is to receive our duties, and our duties are to your throne and state children and servants, which do but what they should by doing everything safe toward your love and honor.
2: Welcome hither. I have begun to plant
6: thee, and will labor to make thee full of growing.
2: Noble Banquo, that hast no less deserved, nor must be known, no less to have done so, let me enfold thee, and hold thee to my heart.
7: There, if I grow, the harvest is your own.
2: My plenteous joys, wanton in fullness, seek to hide themselves in drops of sorrow. Sons, kinsmen, thanes, and you whose places are the nearest know, we will establish our estate upon our eldest, Malcolm, whom we name hereafter the Prince of Cumberland, which honor must not unaccompanied invest him only, but signs of nobleness like stars shall shine on all deservers. From hence to Inverness and bind us further to you.
6: The rest is labor which is not used for you. I'll be myself the harbinger, and make joyful the hearing of my wife with your approach. So humbly take my leave.
2: My worthy
6: Codor. The Prince of Cumberland, that is a step on which I must fall down or else or leap, for in my way it lies. Stars, hide your fires. let not light see my black and deep desires. The eye wink at the hand, yet let that be which the eye fears when it is done to see. True.
2: Worthy Banquo, he is full so valiant, and in his commendations I am fed. It is a banquet to me. Let's after him. Whose care has gone before to bid us welcome? It is a peerless kinsman.
0: In the home of one Macbeth, his darling wife sits alone by the fireplace, reading a letter from her husband at war.
3: They met me in the day of success, and I have learned, by the perfectest report, they have more in them than mortal knowledge. When I burned in desire to question them further, they made themselves into air, to which they vanished. Whilst I stood rapt in the wonder of it came missives from the king, who all hailed me, Thane of Cawdor, by which title before these weird sisters saluted me and referred me to the coming of time with, Hail King that shall be! This have I thought good to deliver thee, my dearest partner of greatness, that thou mightest not lose the dues of rejoicing by being ignorant of what greatness is promised thee. Lay it to thy heart and farewell. <laughs> Glomst thou art and caudor, and shalt be what thou art promised. Yet do I fear thy nature. It is too full of the milk of human kindness to catch the nearest way. Thou wouldst be great art not without ambition, but without the illness should attend it. What thou wouldst highly, thou wouldst wholly, wouldst not play false, and yet wouldst wrongly win. Thou wouldst have great gloms, that which cries, thus thou must do if thou have it, and that which rather thou dost fear to do than wishest should be undone. Hide thee hither, that I may pour my spirits in thine ear and chastise with the valor of my tongue all that impedes thee from the golden round which by fate and metaphysical aid doth seem to have crowned thee withal. What's your tidings? The king comes here tonight. Thou art mad to say it is not thy master with him, who were it so would have informed for preparation. So please you, it is true, our thane is coming. One of my fellows had the speed of him who almost dead for breath had scarcely more than to make up his message. Give him tending, he brings great news. <laughs> The raven himself is horse that croaks the fatal entrance of Duncan under my battlements. Come, you spirits that tend on mortal thoughts, unsex me here and fill me from the crown to toe, top full of direst cruelty. Make thick my blood, stop up the access and passage to remorse that no compunctious visitings of nature shake my fell purpose, nor keep peace between the effect and it. Come to my woman's breasts and take my milk for gall, you murdering ministers. Wherever in your sightless substances you wait on nature's mischief. Come, thick night, and pall thee in the dunnest smoke of hell. But my keen night, see not the wounded lynx, nor heaven peep through the blanket of the dark to cry, hold, hold.
0: Enter Macbeth, home at last.
3: Great gloms, worthy Codor, greater than both by the all hail hereafter. The letters have transported me beyond the ignorant present, and I feel now the future in the instant.
6: My dearest love, Duncan comes here tonight.
3: And when goes hence?
6: Tomorrow, as he purposes.
3: Oh, never shall sun that morrow see. Your face, my thane, is as a book where men may read strange matters. To beguile the time, look like the time. Bear welcome in your eye, your hand, your tongue. Look like the innocent flower but be the serpent under it. He that's coming must be provided for, and you shall put this night's great business into my dispatch, which shall to all our nights and days to come give solely sovereign sway and masterdom.
6: Uh, uh, We will speak further.
3: Only look up clear. To alter favor ever is to fear. Leave all the rest to me.
0: King Duncan and his company have arrived at Macbeth's beautiful castle at Inverness, with plans to revel in their victory and celebrate the new Thane of Cawdor's accomplishments in war. This
2: castle hath a pleasant seat. The air nimbly and sweetly recommends itself unto our gentle senses.
7: This guest of summer, the temple haunting Martlet does approve by his loved mansionry, that the heaven's breath smells wooingly here no jutty freeze buttress no coin of vantage but this bird hath made his pendant bed and procreant cradle where they most breed and haunt i have observed the air is delicate
2: see see, our honored hostess the love that follows us sometime is our trouble which still we think is love herein i teach you how you shall bid God ild us for your pains and thank us for your trouble.
3: All our service in every point twice done and then done double, we're poor in single business to contend against those honors deep and broad wherewith your majesty loads our house. For those of old and the late dignities heaped up to them, we rest your hermits.
2: Where's the Thane of cador We coursed him at the heels and had a purpose to be his purveyor, but he rides well and his great love sharp as his spur, hath helped him to his home before us. Fair and noble hostess, we are your guest tonight.
3: Your servants ever have theirs themselves, and what is theirs in compt to make their audit at
2: your highness's pleasure, still to return your own? Give me your hand, conduct me to mine host. We love him highly and shall continue our graces towards him by your leave, hostess.
0: As dinner festivities commence, the host himself sits alone, pondering dark and darker thoughts.
6: <sighs> if it were done when tis done, then it well it were done quickly. If the assassination could travel up the consequence and catch with this Circe's success, that but this blow might be the be-all, and the end-all here. But here, upon this bank and shoal of time, we jump the life to come. But in these cases, we still have judgment here, that we but teach bloody instructions, which, being taught, return to plague the inventor. This even-handed justice commends the ingredients of our poisoned chalice to our own lips. He's here in double trust. First, as I am his kinsman and, su- and his subject, strong both against the deed. Then, as his host, who should against his murderer shut the door, not to bear the knife myself, Besides, this Duncan hath borne his faculties so meek, hath been so clear in his great office, that his virtues will plead like angels, trumpet tongued, against the deep damnation of his taking off. And pity, like a naked newborn babe striding the blast, or heaven's cherubim horsed upon the sightless couriers of the air, shall blow the horrid deed in every eye, that tears shall drown the wind. I have no spurs to prick the sides of my intent, but only vaulting ambition, which o'erleaps itself and falls on the other. How now, what news?
3: He is almost supped. Why have you left the chamber?
6: Hath he asked for me? Know you not, he has. We will proceed no further in this business. He hath honored me of late, and I have bought golden opinions from all sorts of people which would be worn now in their newest gloss, not cast aside so soon.
3: Was the hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself? Hath it slept since? And wakes it now to look so green and pale at what it did so freely. From this time such I account thy love. Art thou afeared to be the same in thine own act and valor as thou art in desire? Wouldst thou have that which thou esteemest the ornament of life, and live a coward in thine own esteem. Letting I dare not wait upon I would, like the cat in the adage.
6: Prithee, peace! I dare do all that may become a man. Who dares do more is none?
3: What beast was it, then, that made you break this enterprise to me? When you durst do it, then you were a man, and to be more than what you were, you would be so much more the man nor time nor place did then adhere, and yet you would make both. They have made themselves, and that their fitness now does unmake you. I have given suck, and know how tender tis to love the babe that milks me. Yet I would, while it was smiling in my face, have plucked my nipple from his boneless gums and dashed the brains out, had I so sworn as you have done to this.
6: If we should fail,
3: we fail, but screw your courage to the sticking place and will not fail. When Duncan is asleep, whereto the rather shall his day's hard journey soundly invite him? His two chamberlains will I with wine and wassail, so convinced that memory, the warder of the brain, shall be a fume and the receipt of reason a limbic only. When in swinish sleep their drenched natures lies as in a death, what cannot you and I perform upon the unguarded Duncan? What not put upon his spongy officers who shall bear the guilt of our great quell?
6: (laughs) Bring forth men children only, for thy undaunted mettle shall compose nothing but males. (sighs) Will it not be received, when we have marked with blood these sleepy two of his own chamber, and used their very daggers, that they have done it?
3: Who dares receive it other, as we shall make our griefs and clamor roar upon his death?
6: I am settled, and bend up each corporal agent to this terrible feat. Away, and mock the time with fairest show. False face must hide what the false heart doth know.
0: A decision is reached. As night falls over Inverness, the hand of fate begins to drag Macbeth ever closer to his destiny. Will he go through with the grisly deed? If so, will Macbeth and his ambitious wife go unnoticed, or will they be suspected? If not, how will Macbeth achieve the throne as the weird sisters promised him? This has been the beginning of the twisted tale of Macbeth, and his quest for glory. Join us again next time as we continue to follow the new Thane of Cawdor and his dastardly pursuits. Stay tuned.